This crap was on national television, or as I like to call it, Chris is forced to watch crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so with me as always is Chris Bournet from Columbus, Ohio. How you doing, buddy? Great, great. How you doing, Kirk? Doing good, doing good. Uh, so I guess we're going to take a trip to Chicago via Milwaukee. It, yeah, in a time warp in the 60s, which I was confused. I thought it was the 50s, but it all kind of seems like the 80s as well. Well, that, yeah, and that's where we'll sort of look at, I think at one point in time, I, we're going to do a Happy Days episode. We have to, because no show plummeted in quality, probably more than Happy Days, from what it tried to be to what it became. But that's television. You're a slave to ratings. Well, they literally coined the, well, the term jumping the shark was literally coined, coined for Happy Days because of that episode with Fonzie water skiing and jumping the shark well, yeah complete with his leather jacket yeah <laughs> uh yeah well, we could do a whole giant thing on happy days but we're doing an offshoot today uh joni loves chachi uh considered from by tv guide and i think entertainment weekly is one of the biggest missteps and i don't know that that's necessarily fair i think it's just because of the level of who was involved yeah that, that it is. Uh, so this was actually, I thought this was only the third spinoff of Happy Days. It's actually the fourth. Okay. So the first one being Laverne and Shirley, which became a massive hit. The second yeah. one being a fluke in, Mor in Mork and Mindy, which you don't even right. think of that as a spinoff, but it was. When, uh, when Mork was uh, in that episode. Yeah. I had heard that. I don't, I don't think I ever saw, I think I saw a clip of the episode, but I never actually saw the entire episode. Well, it's, it's, it also sort of like speaks to how Happy Days, which was supposed to be a show about nostalgia, morphed into Fonzie just sort of having misadventures. Right. And Mork came from, well, he, he was trying to like take Richie away as, uh, I, I guess, someone to take back to his planet Orc. And Fonzie yeah. saves the day. Right, right. And then, uh, and, and, correctly, and rightfully so, I think it's ABC, I think, who had all this? Yes. Okay, so ABC. I don't know if they had all of it, but I know they had Happy Days. Okay, so I, I think, well, whoever it was figured, okay, look, we got Robin Williams. Like, we can make a star out of him, and they did. So kudos yeah. on that. So then you have your third spinoff, which... Actually, well, there, yeah, the one one I, I just learned about, Blansky's Beauties. Never heard of that. Wow. I, I, ha I hadn't either. If it wasn't for a Wikipedia search, I, I never would have heard of it. And that one was set in the late 70s all, also, but it was based on apparently uh, Mrs. Cunningham's sister or something like that. And then they mm. just took it wow. to modern day where all of a sudden she became the head of a bunch of showgirls in Vegas. Interesting. No, it wasn't. <laughs> 
the, con- the concept is is interesting, but yeah, yeah, that's really weird. But it did star a young Scott Bale. Bland- Blansky Beauties? Yeah. So is that where he, they found him for Happy Days or was that awesome. after Happy Days? Uh, I'm assuming it's before, but I'm not really sure. Sh- it must be before because he plays a different character. Uh, when I watched oh. uh, a little bit of it, uh, they even had Pat Morita reprising his role as Arnold. Interesting. So I keep using that word, but yeah, well, <laughs> doesn't yeah, sound like. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's something I didn't really get very far, but so they either way, Bayo gets on on Happy Days, uh, and becomes a breakout character with Chachi, right. but to a point. Right. I mean, when I say breakout character. I think we're talking about one specific demographic, preteen and teen, teen girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, teen and preteen, yeah. And so Scott Bale was arguably at that point, I think in the Happy Days canon, because Richie was gone at this point. So you've got Fonzie is the big star with Chachi is the number two. Okay. I would argue that at this stage. Yeah, yeah. So, this is the first time they've ever done a spinoff with a real big character. Joni was a popular character. And then, you right. throw, and then you throw in Al, who I actually enjoyed Al on this. Yeah. But I don't think he was strong enough to care. Well, he wasn't carrying the show because he wasn't a title character, but I don't think he was strong enough to have more of a storyline than what he had on Happy Days. I agree. Al can't be as much as I, I was, I was sort of like enjoying his facials and, and just sort of like the way he could sort of do things. But yeah, you're right. He's a, he's a one trick pony. He's good to sort of like do his shtick and then move, move on. He's at his best, a seventh or eighth billing. And here he's third. Yeah. And Al playing the fatherly figure when he really had no previous reference to that. I would, I would actually argue that he was sort of fourth billing because I think John Travolta's sister, I don't remember her first name, her character was much more, um, to me, she, maybe she just is a scene-stealing actress, but her character was more watchable and more, seemed to be more extroverted than the Al character. Well, I think a better, just a better performer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Al Molinero could only do certain things, but he did it well. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about him for a bit. I didn't realize he lived until just recently. He only passed away five years ago. How old was he, like 90 something? He died at 96. Wow, wow. And, and you look at Al at this point in 1982, because specifically this came out March 29th, 1982. Al, I thought was on death's door, <laughs> but he lived another 30 years. Yeah, it's interesting how people who were middle-aged when we were kids, yeah. middle-aged and so much... Yeah. Older looking. So than <laughs> middle-aged now since mm-hmm. we're there. But yeah, actors back then, a lot of them just seemed like they were way older than their age because he would have been, what, late 40s or 50s? Uh, doing, doing happy days doing this? No, he was, no, he was 64. Oh, okay. But, you know, like he was also not in shape. Uh, 
But I, I guess, I guess we'll sort of get there. So we, we start, I think we already know right away that this is going to be bad. I'm sure I watched this as a kid, but I have no recollection of this whatsoever. But open it, so we open up with Chachi playing the piano, which I don't think he really was playing. Yes. And he's singing, and he can't sing. Yes. I mean, no, he can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Joni jumps in. Now, I looked up over and over to see if she was actually singing, and apparently she was. Okay. So what, she's, she's not he, bad. Was he singing? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I, because I, I don't think either of them sing well. I mean, maybe she sings she was well already. enough. Maybe in comparison, maybe, maybe, a, maybe because I'm looking at her following Chachi and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. okay, she's not bad. They both sounded off key to me. Like, you know, they'll, they'll go and get someone to dub, you know, Meryl Streep's voice, but they'll, <laughs> they let Aaron Moran and Scott Bayo do their own singing. So that's, that's just interesting. I didn't know this either. Apparently around the same time, he put out two albums. Did he really? Yeah. But he was really going for the teen idol, like the Leif Garrett thing. Hmm. I mean, why not? I mean, the, the formula was there. Like, wasn't this yeah. around the same time? He, he, did you ever see the movie Zapped? I did. I, I used to love that movie as a kid. Yeah. So I, I think it was around the same time. So yeah. he was a massive, massive star. Remained successful well into the 80s through was it Charles mm -hmm. in Charge, I think it was. And, yeah, yeah. but like outside of that, there's a lot of stories coming about, coming out about Scott Baio that are not exactly flattering. Uh, like sexual harassment stories or yeah, what kind of story? Yeah, well, I mean, it was sort of well known that Scott Baio was almost like a gateway for a lot of women coming in Hollywood. So like he's uh, been with, uh, a lot of a lot of the cases before they were famous, like Heather Locklear, Pam Anderson, uh, Nicolette Sheridan. I'm trying to think of a couple others, but but those, those are the sounds three. Like blonde, it sounds like Blonde Starlets was his thing. Right. And then one of them was Nicole Eggert, who was on that show, Charles in Charge. And okay. she alleged recently that he pursued her when she was 17. And then okay. he said he was oh, how no. old at the time? No, no, uh, late twenties, maybe. Okay. Uh, old enough that it probably wasn't appropriate. Was appropriate. But his yeah. response was, "No, I waited until she was 18. <laughs> Which it's kind of become a he said, she said, and because also Scott Bale is a staunch Republican. Yeah. And I could care less about his politics personally, but. It's not something that it, it doesn't help you if you're a Republican in Hollywood trying to gain favor with anybody else. Yeah, well, just just with since the Me Too movement, period, it doesn't it doesn't really matter your party affiliation. Just people, you know, people are speaking up about things that used to be swept under the rug. You know, yeah. And one of the people he actually was with at one time was Aaron Moran. Yeah, in, in researching this, I was, yeah. I think I, I think I had heard that they actually dated, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure until I actually saw a couple interview clips. Whatever happened, it did not end well. Uh, no. 
I saw one interview that she did when I was you know researching this, and because Scott Bale got in trouble because she passed away six years ago, and you know I, I guess when if Aaron Moran's passing away, the first celebrity you're going to try to reach out to for a comment is going to be Scott Bale. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And he kind of threw her under the bus by saying like, well, unfortunately, when you do the amount of drugs she was doing, which a lot of people didn't know that she had a drug problem. I didn't know that, if that's even true. But she actually didn't die of His follow-up interview? I, I did, yeah. And which wasn't, it was the, because it turned out she died of cancer. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was, he came off very holier than thou. Yeah. It, and it was a bad look. Well, the, the thing is, is that what I, what I took from it was that he was guessing that she, she drank and uh, did drugs. Yeah. Like, he didn't say explicitly like, oh, when we were, you know, when we were working together, she was always getting high, you know, the way that Valerie Bertinelli knew that, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, Mackenzie Phillips. Okay, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like that, that was a, that was a well-known, Mackenzie Phillips' addiction problem was a well-known thing. She got written out of the show uh, one day at a time, several times for it. But Aaron Moran's alleged drug use was not well-known mm -hmm. to anyone who didn't work. So it's like, I didn't get the sense that he actually saw her doing drugs. Is what I got this, especially from his apology video, was that he assumed because she said she came from a dysfunctional family where substance abuse was an issue, that he attributed her early death to drug use wrongfully. Mm -hmm. It was just like saying, "Oh, you know, she came from a family where this was common, so it's not really a surprise." And then it turns out he was talking out of the wrong side of his neck, mm -hmm. and he had to go back backpedal and clean it up i did see one interview with her i don't know who was interviewing her look kind of amateur hour but she did look intoxicated okay and she was talking about how she had slept with scott bale and then was making fun of the size of <laughs> yeah i i think i saw that interview too and she what she said was he was seven years younger than her and so that that was weird too because it made it sound like he was underage See, and that's she was not how I, I i heard that i thought it was like he, she it's like she said he was seven years behind stunted in growth almost to say that he yeah. grew but not he didn't go through it was very strange it didn't make yeah. any sense yeah, yeah. so i mean, whether either way they had a complicated relationship off screen on screen they look like a great couple because i will say because when they were doing that opening th opening theme and then they morph into i guess on stage if you're a little kid or teen girl or whatever and you're looking at these two looking at each other's eyes i believe they're completely in love i do when they're yeah, looking yeah. At, at that point so they're playing to that crowd but then right away you still know that you're in trouble because the song sucks yeah, I didn't think the song, it was like, first of all, the song wasn't era appropriate. It didn't sound like a no. 1960s song. It sounded like an early 1980s song. So that that confused me. It's like, oh, did they just jump in time to current time and just leave the whole Happy Days premise of 50s nostalgia behind? So that, that confused yeah. me. And then I didn't think it was the song. I thought neither one of them can sing well. I, didn't, I don't think they're horrible singers, but they sounded off key. 
Like I, you know, that, that, those are the days before auto tune, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But I just don't know why they just didn't have somebody dub their their singing. Well, it's low rent cruise ship. Okay, you know, like that's sort of the way I, I looked at it, uh, and I, I did. I didn't watch any other episodes, but I did sort of like look at sort of the listing of it. So they were, they had one episode about Beatlemania. Okay. So they're definitely sort of playing in that early mid '60s. But you know, when we look back at Happy Days around this time, they gave up on the nostalgia. I mean, they let their their cast member, the male cast members, grow their hair out, which wasn't happening until late 60s, early 64. Uh, nobody was dressing like they, they they should, except for Mrs. Cunningham. Right. I mean, right. No, nothing fit. So, I mean, they just gave up on continuity completely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. So uh, that's, and I think that's also why they didn't even try to make anything musically appropriate because, well, okay, this isn't a show about nostalgia anymore. They gave up that, right. they, Happy Days gave up on that, I don't know when. Because when you look back on it, in 1964, the Fonz would not be cool. In 19, which year? 1964? Well, in the mid-60s, if he's still dressing okay. like a greaser. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah, because he, was, he wasn't easy rider-ish enough. He wasn't rebellious yeah. enough. Yeah. He was still kind of like on the more dangerous, but not white girls <laughs> yeah but, but in like 1965 you see somebody with the, with the, with the elvis hair like like come on you're a nerd yeah, now a pompadour yeah. yeah yeah that's that would have been outdated by then yeah mm -hmm. so as they're doing that we see co-starring al molinaro ellen travolta art matrino uh i when i saw it, it's like okay well, i know this guy so he was in police academy two and three yes i remember him yep yeah. i was trying to remember where i I, where I'd seen him too, but yeah, exactly. And and then the close of the montage is so they're getting applause from from a crowd that just happened to magically appear because Chachi was playing in in front of empty chairs initially. But hey, it's the magic of TV. Lots of magic of TV. Uh, outside B-roll, we see it's the grand opening of Del Vecchio's family restaurant, which made me think. I don't remember Al being a good cook. I think he just served burgers all the time, but. All right. Yeah. So be it. Al climbs the stairs. I thought Al was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> He's lumbering up these stairs. Yeah. And again, he lived 30, 30 more years. So good on him. Good for him. Uh, and he's cooking or pretending to taste his food because his spoon never got dirty. <laughs> Uh, then he, some, then he, by the third pot, it tasted terrible. That's where I thought, okay, Al's at least showing some good comedic chops. He's making that funny face. Uh, uh, Ellen Travolta comes in playing Louisa, gets a pop from the crowd. Uh, and I should mention too, that's the thing when, I think the problem also with Happy Days at the end, because it became so popular, when you're doing that in front of a live studio audience, just whenever somebody appears, that's such an 80s thing. It doesn't yeah, happen yeah. now for them to get like this roar of applause, like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Cause yeah, I remember certain sitcoms where the, you know, certain characters would make an interest entrance and they would actually pause before saying their line to hold for the hoops and, this and happened. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this happened. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, I think later on, where Mr. Cunningham, uh, Tom Bosley comes in, he's about to do his line, and then he has to wait for the applause yeah. to die down. Yeah, I, I thought he actually, like, repeated his line, because, the, like, he started saying it, then the applause right. was allowed him to repeated the line. Yeah, I, I think so. And Happy, to, they just let it go. I mean, I, I guess at that point, they didn't care. Yeah, why do another take? This no, is not no, going to no. make it anyway. So the third pod, it tastes terrible. He realizes it's pants in there. So, <laughs> and then uh, she, she comes up and says, like, why are you doing that? And he says, well, I was trying to get a stain out. What stain would this be? It, it, yeah. it, it's already pretty... It's, it's a strange thing. I, I've, n- I've never heard of anyone trying to get a stain out by putting, silly me, I just use a washing machine or I scrub it out, but what do I know? Yeah, yeah. Boiling pants, who knew? I, not, certainly not I. And then Al asks his wife, very, it's a, the most valid question, but only works in the sitcom world. Why do I have to meet the, your family the same day I'm opening a new restaurant? That's a pretty damn good question. Yeah. Very, very exposition. Yeah, that, that only happens in 24-minute sitcoms because this would never happen right. in any right. other thing. Uh, right. Al gets no real answer, and then they start horse playing. Chachi walks in, and the audience goes nuts. The, the, a lot of teen girls were going nuts. And Every time you made an entrance, they, they'd scream. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, Scott Baio had, there was a mania around him. That that certainly existed, and I think too. I think if I was the producers, yeah, I, I think I'd have a gem here. I, I really do. I, I would I would have tried this. Right. Uh, Chachi seems to be handling that that he, that his mom. He's watching his mom get felt up, and he's he seems to be okay with it. I, I wouldn't be, but okay. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah uh he's we learn also from little plot devices that uh chachi's been away from milwaukee for at least two weeks and he's missing joni terrible makes sense. right right uh and he's trying to come up with excuses to go there but he but uh you know he's always talked out of it his mom says you know you can go back in a month a month oh my god it's gonna be awful i miss joni da, 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 da. it's kind of cute but then the family just shows up all at the same time, I guess parking was really easy. For the, they, they must have come in a herd. And a bunch of <laughs> random Italians pop in. I'm assuming they're Italian. Yeah. Well, the A, everybody said A when they entered, like Tony Danza. That's true. Yeah, they, they, they did. Very touchy-feely people. Yeah. Uh, that might have been where uh, Governor Cuomo got his ideas. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of face touching. In this episode, I didn't, I didn't really notice that, but I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Well, and then Uncle Rico shows up, and then Lisa says, uh, says to Al, like, uh, well, Uncle Rico thinks he's the head of the family. And he just, why is he just learning about Uncle Rico for the first time? Why is he learning about any of these people for the first time? Whatever. Uh, Rico, yeah. you know, it's, did, do you know, did they, did they set up the spinoff on Happy Days? Like, did they introduce Ellen Travolta? I don't remember. Did they introduce I Ellen Travolta? I believe so. Uh, I don't remember. I, I should have looked up how, but I'm pretty sure that, that she was there in a few episodes. 
uh, playing Chachi's mom. Okay, because so, like, I don't even remember. I don't even remember Chachi like having parents in the show in Happy Days. I don't even remember how that transitioned. I think it was just the mom. Okay. I don't. Because that's a, that's an interesting thing with Happy Days, right? A show that lasted eleven years. So many of these episodes are forgettable because they're so stupid. Yeah. There, yeah. There's nothing that you. I remember more of the goofy things, like you said, the jumping the shark. Uh, Fonzie saving Richie from an alien. Uh, the song "Do the Fonzie." Oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, Thank leather God. leather Tuscadero uh, plays at Arnold's, and it's "Do the Fonzie." Oh my God! And yeah, and, and he dances. I think he just does this, just with his thumbs up, like "Hey." So they were trying to start a dance craze on top of all the other merchandising and stuff. I'm apparently. pretty. I'm pretty sure I had a I had a happy a, a Fonz T-shirt when I was a little little kid, with just doing the thumbs up, just going yeah, yeah. hey. And I'm sure I had a Happy Days lunchbox. I must have. Yeah, I, I remember some classmates had Happy Happy Days lunchboxes. Uh, all right, so they meet Al, and then Al. Rico's looking him up and down, and Rico just says, all of a sudden, Goomba! And then, then touches his face. And uh, we, they're pretty much establishing that Uncle Rico is a blowhard right away. And he's going to be somewhat comic relief uh, as the somewhat lovable doofus who tries a little too hard. Right. I mean, they're, they're really doing the, their, their best to make this guy a star. I thought... The, the Chachi character, you mean? No, uh, Rico. Chachi oh, was okay. already a star, so I, I thought... Oh, you, you mean they were trying to make the actor a star? Well, or establish the character, rather. Okay. I, I should say. And uh, so he says, like, uh, you know, like, he just saw the restaurant once. And, then, and I should mention, they said that it's a family restaurant in the banner. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but usually when you see a family restaurant, I don't necessarily think of entertainment of no. the musical variety. I'm sure no. it wasn't different in the 60s in Chicago. No. And how is it a family rest? So it's just Al and his wife and Chachi? I mean, I guess, I mean, that is a family, but when I think of a family restaurant, I think of like extended family, like siblings or parents and children running a family restaurant. I, I always thought when they say family restaurant, what they're really trying to say is it's for families. Okay, the, the customer basis. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's like I had many questions as to what kind of establishment Al was trying to make. Uh, yeah. We learned that, we learned that uh, so Rico just walked through the restaurant once, says, you know what, you need entertainment. He's like, hey, got, Al says, I've got some chachi. And then he hasn't seen chachi forever. He says, uh, and, Ch and chachi comes up and says, hey, who are you? Uh, I'm Chachi. Hey, you got big. You got cute. You got a manager. <laughs> all right. And apparently, I guess that same night, because they're all wearing the same clothes, that's when they opened the so they opened the restaurant. Chachi's got a band. Chachi didn't prep anything, apparently. Right. And Rico all of a sudden brought out his kids as the backup band. So, like, what was Chachi gonna do? Just go up there and sing a cappella, I guess. Right, right. Or play, or play the piano. piano. He apparently does all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, 
And then the drummer. This was, I guess, the guy they tried to think was going to be the breakout character. Bingo. Bingo the drummer. Uh, No surprise, you never saw any of these three actors again. And I was was thinking, were they trying to rip off Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? That's a good question, because, like, this was supposed to be, like, the early 60s, I assume. So, like, that kind of, like, stoner culture hadn't really kicked in yet. Right. But again, like you said, they, they, they paid no attention to the timeline or the trying to be era specific. So, Because we had a stoner surfer dude in 1964, Chicago. Yeah, I guess so. Fast Times at Ridgemont High did come out in 82. So maybe. That's what I was thinking. I mean, they even got someone with the blonde pseudo curly hair. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, that, that's the only thing I can think of. Were they trying to, like, get their Spicoli? Yeah. Because it, do, it, it didn't make sense. I mean, I know the surf sound was already out and popular, but there was not a surf psychedelic stoner sound yet. Right. Well, Bingo says, here's a dollar. I've met you in a previous life. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah that, that seemed very California surfer, not Chicago at all. So I don't. That, that confused me. I just realized that's the second week in a row we've dealt with Illinois surf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, that's crazy. Uh, so Chachi wants to get his girlfriend, J- Joni, there. Now, what is it, a two-hour drive from Milwaukee to Chicago? I honestly don't know, but I do, I think they're relatively close. I don't know exactly how long the drive is, but yeah, it's okay. not that long of a drive. So... Chachi goes on stage, and this is where, okay, the band's ready. They just, he just met the band, and he's they're playing a song that no one's ever heard of. So how did the band know what to do? Right. How? Right. It, it's not possible that they could possibly know what was going on, what lead to follow. I will say, what, here's something they did do right. Uh, the camera angles, you know, so they changed that up sort of like, going from below, that the lights behind. So they're really doing everything to like say, Scott Bale is a star. Right, which he was. He, he was, but I mean like, this, they think, okay, this is the money ticket. We are gonna do everything we can to make you visually understand that. Right. So what I, I wanna try and come up with some positives. This is pretty much the best positive I can <laughs> And the crowd is going nuts. Again, this, it's a weird crowd. Uh, a lot of random young 20-somethings decided, hey, here's an opening family restaurant. Let's go. Doesn't right. seem- I guess that's, I, I guess that's why I didn't connect the dots with like family meaning it's like a, like where families go to eat. Because I, I just thought, oh, Del Vecchio's the name. It's like a family-run restaurant. Well, I was just going by the band. They didn't say it, but that was the banner that they had outside. Okay. So- because it didn't say Del Vecchio family. Or maybe it did. I don't know. That may, or maybe I'm wrong in how I, I think of a family restaurant. I could be. I, it could be a case where both things are true. It could be. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say so a bunch of girls go nuts. Chachi's loving this. And uh, then he's uh, doing, what is he doing? He's doing some autographs. Oh, but before that, yeah, 
of because Chachi congratulates the band like you guys are great they are they are for them to know exactly what to what to play for something that they've never heard of yeah. before, that yeah. was awesome. Clairvoyant, yeah. And Bingo says that uh, the song's over. So not only is this guy a stoner dude, he's basically semi Down syndrome. I mean, there's. Uh, yeah, that that totally confused me. I was like, was someone else playing <laughs> while the song was on? It's like. They, they just can't figure out the idea sometimes where you have like, I guess what you call the idiot savant. But you, you wonder how this guy could even figure out how to tie his own shoes. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's some, sometimes dumb characters. You've got to give them something. Maybe the show evolved and it did. I doubt it. And I'm not going to watch the other 16 episodes to find I out. I refuse to. I guess that's a sitcom staple, like uh, mm -hmm. Chrissy from Three's Company and Phoebe and Joey from Friends. Yeah, but with Phoebe, with Phoebe was quirky and Joey had a, had an obvious talent. You know, right. as a, as an actor, he uh -huh. just wasn't necessarily worldly, which is weird to, for, for that as an actor, but. He also had the heart. He also had the the good heart. Uh, you know, he had he knew what to do with the ladies. This guy looks like he'd walk into a wall, the way they're yeah. playing it off. And, yeah, yeah. and with Chrissy and Three's Company, they they just devolved that character. The first few episodes, Chrissy wasn't that stupid. I don't remember that. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, he's also like a like. Do you ever see the end of uh, the the finale of Three of Three Two and a Half Men? No, no. They kind of went all a bit meta where, because uh, Jake the kid comes back and they're even acknowledging how, uh, how he says, well, I used to be, yeah, you know, like I, I used to sort of like uh, be semi-smart and then I just really got dumber as, uh, as time went on. Because <laughs> they made the kid an idiot. So they went full meta. It was kind of, it was a nice little payoff, I thought. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Chachi's uh, love and life singing autographs. Joni sneaks up from behind and gives a paper uh, to sign there. And then Chachi's, oh my God, it's you. And uh, it's not what it looks like. Da, 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 da. Rico's not happy to see Joni because he says she looks like a goody two shoes. And I, I, I remember I remember thinking, you know, I heard that term all my life. I don't even know what that means. What? You're good because you're you have two good shoes english is yeah that's that's a good point i i don't know the origin of the saying either mm -hmm. but yeah be it'd be interesting to google it, google that and see what the origin of that it's, phrase it's, is it's like uh have your cake and eat it too is there something else you do with cake <laughs> right right I, english is so strange yeah well, Rico, Rico's not too impressed. He thinks that, and he's actually right on this, that if you've got the, 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 the good-looking male pop star, or that, well, that works for female too, the good-looking pop star, you want everyone to think that they're available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he believes that those two don't look right together based on who Scott Bale really would date. Maybe that's accurate, but... For, for yeah. the context of this show in the vacuum, the people watching this sure didn't believe that. So either way, uh, they make a deal that says that, okay, no, 
Rico, uh, no, Chachi will sing alone tonight and then we'll see us all tomorrow, the two of you. I thought, well, Rico is an idiot. You can just try this out right now because he's going back up on stage. What, yeah. what difference does it make? But fine. Oh, right. Well, they have, to, they have to make time for Joni's transition. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the plot device because she got upset with that and then somehow she found a gown. Because, uh, which wasn't, didn't look very early 60s to me either. Not at all. And so they're, they're playing and then she makes a grand entrance and she's trying to look sexy, but she's not. Erin Moran was pretty, but Erin Moran could never play sexy because she's not, and she wasn't. And it was, I felt bad for her. It's like she was trying to do what she thought sexy looked like. If I remember correctly, it's just like she just kept doing a shimmy. <laughs> oh, like the, yeah, just like up and down. She's like just a bad one at that. And yeah. she would play to the crowd, then she sat on some random guy's lap. Scott Bale's getting pissed off, so he's doing the same thing. And, it, and again, it's another number that it's, a, it's an original, but it doesn't fit. It's not well produced. It's, it's not good. What I kept looking and I couldn't find it because I found Scott Bale's two albums, but I'm thinking they probably thought, okay, we can put out an album. And they never did. Because if, if I'm the producer of this show, if I'm going to have these people sing over and over, am I not going to put out vinyl of this? If they did, well, maybe I that was, yeah, maybe that was the plan. But when the ratings tanked, they kind of okay. But let, let, let's let, let's scrap that idea. Sure, but they had time because let's let's talk about the ratings because the first four episodes uh, were technically part of one season, and then it continued up until thirteen more into into the second season. This finished at number four in the Nielsen ratings for the first four episodes. That's huge. Yeah. And then it, so then it goes into summer hiatus and then starts up again. Presumably you already have these songs in the tank. Right. So could you not have put that out or, or maybe they were waiting for more stuff. Like you said, uh, because it went from number four to number 80-something, which is oh my bad. Love it, yeah. Considering there would have only been like 100 shows at the time. Yeah. And, I, and I, so I think that's sort of a good question. Like, why did it plummet so bad? And I think a big part of it is the music. The music's not good. Uh, you're lo the people were, were sort of getting sick of the lame plots anyway, of the whole Happy Days universe. Because it didn't make it didn't make sense. The nostalgia thing they gave up on completely. And well, they probably just they probably just lost momentum since it was a sounds like it was a mid season replacement. Yeah, they didn't have an entire season to retain that audience that made it you know kept it in the top ten or top five for its first few episodes. So if it had been if it had debuted as a full season. Maybe it would have made it through two complete, at least two complete seasons, because maybe people would have just watched out of, you know, just loyalty after yeah. after seeing the first few shows. Sometimes you do. So, I think they yeah. moved it away too from the so it wasn't following after Happy Days. Erin Moran, I found a print interview where she says, "Well, it was never meant to be long." It's like, 
okay, yes, it was. There's not one producer, especially those producers, who are thinking that they don't want those sweet, sweet syndication money. Yeah, yeah. She made it sound like, like it was a Netflix type show where this was supposed to be a limited brunch. And that did not exist in the 1980s. Nobody made, unless it was like a mini series, like based on a book or something, where you have something over two or three nights or, or something like Roots. There, the limited series did not exist back then, right. at least not in America. I know that England used to do that, but it didn't exist in America. No, I mean, the whole thing was get to the, get to like 100 episodes and then your yeah. real money is your syndication. Exactly. So either, they, they, either, yeah. either she's stupid or she's lying. I think she was just trying to spin it in a way that made it sound like it wasn't a failure. Which is interesting, you know, coming from her. You, you, like, it's it's okay that that didn't work out well. You were you were a beloved character in one of the most successful television shows of all time. So it was right. a miss. Right. Big deal. Right. You know, but you know, I guess maybe you don't think that way. But anyway, Rico comes in, apologizes to Joni because he's really impressed how sexy she got. Just creepy. And then the creepiness intensifies. Wants them to go ming mingle. And uh, Joni's upset about a, a bit of the double standard that exists that uh, Chachi's saying like, uh, well, how come it's okay when you do it? She's, she's right. Did you think her whole sexy transformation was kind of a ripoff of uh, Grease, the uh, Olivia Newton-John character? Hmm, never thought of that, but yeah, now that you bring it up. They did have John Travolta's sister, so. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Although the sexual chemistry between John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John isn't the same as. Joni and Chachi. <laughs> I honestly think so, yes. Uh, so here's the creepiest bit. Joni sits at a table with a guy who looked to be, was I'd say late 30s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he asked how old she is. I'm 18. No, I just turned, I had a birthday. I'm 24. Okay. And then I saw that I wrote down, like, well, again, what kind of place is Al running here? Yeah, isn't it supposed <laughs> to be a family restaurant? Yeah. And uh, she asked, or he asks her out. and She looks befuddled, but I mean, she's putting out those vibes. She right. Did. I guess she was just trying to make Chachi jealous though, right? Yeah. And so Chachi wants to fight him. He stands up. Chachi's dwarfed by this guy. And by the way, he's, he's ready to go. And then as they're walking out, then that's when uh, Howard and Marion show up. And Howard's freaking, I think that's sort of like a, where he has to repeat his line because the crowd's going, going, going nuts. Because right, he's running right. hands there. Uh, and he goes, what? what's going on? What's Joni wearing? Like, it wasn't even that sexy, really. But especially for performing on stage, but right. that is her dad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's no Diane Carroll Star Wars holiday special. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not skin tight leather pants like uh, Olivia Newton John. That's also true. Yeah. Uh, and then here's another very uncomfortable part. This, this one made me massively uncomfortable. Uh, in the last week, we, we sort of had casual, casual rape discussion here we have domestic violence thrown around casually 
Yeah, that 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 surprised me that they threw that in there so casually. That was that was a little that was very jarring actually. And what it was, it's not that okay. Chachi goes to when we don't see it. It's off camera. It's off offset. So Chachi apparently goes to take a swing at this guy. Uh, Joni gets in the way and gets hit. And then we see right. him, him bring in like bring her in like what did you do that like like he's showing concern for it but I mean like no one's flipping out like there's Mr. Cunningham who hears this how is he not tearing Chachi apart even if it is an right. accident which it well it, it made it seem like he wanted to but um the mom stopped him Mrs. Cunningham stopped him but it's just so casual like Joni got hit in the face by a guy right like, what a time what a time yeah i I mean granted it was it was an accident but the way they played it was totally for laughs well well, that's it they played it for jokes you know a few times and it's i i can't imagine any scenario where i would accidentally hit a woman and not feel terrible for months maybe longer and th- and this is just like yeah <laughs> i guess chachi well, doesn't have much of a right i don't know <laughs> yeah why well, what just came to my mind was meet the parents when ben stiller spiked that i guess they were playing volleyball or something water volleyball and okay. didn't, he, didn't he hit somebody a woman in the face with the volleyball i mean it was an accident again but it made him look like a total jerk but it was played for laughs in that movie as well yeah, but in that movie, they, they were able to throw throw in so much more depth, I think, to the whole okay. thing and everything around. Here, it's just so casual and nonchalant. Yeah. Wasn't that his own girlfriend he hit in that movie? Was that, or was yeah, that his fiance. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta watch that, that movie again. Uh, so, Howard, so they all go upstairs. Howard wants, wants to take Joni home and... Uh, and she wants to say, she wants to say, says, hey, this could be a great summer job. And uh, Howard says, okay, just go downstairs, put some ice on your face. Uh, he's pretty calm, again, very, very calm about all that. And, but he, want, he doesn't want the kids to hear that. Basically, he's, take, he's dumping on Al, like, I'm not leaving my kid with you because you're weak. Right. right, right. Which he agrees, essentially, right away. And then Al does his... Yeah, 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 shtick. Because they all had a catchphrase. And that was his. Pulls up his pants and says, uh, uh, Rico, I don't know nothing about the music business, but I'm going to trust you. But if you, hurt, if you hurt these kids, didn't really have a threat. He didn't really follow up with anything. That's, yeah. good, that's good enough for, for Mr. C. And then it reminded me what, uh, I always remembered him as a little kid, like he's this great parent. And then I thought about it. He lost, he lost a kid. He lost Chuck. What happened right. to Chuck? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Uh, yeah. Either way, that's good enough for him. And then they answered one question I, was, I, I couldn't remember. Like, for a wholesome show, how are they going to justify Joni staying, Joni staying there? And then we learned that Joni staying with, with, with her friend in college. At a college thing. Okay. Another thing that 
kind of confused me was did they I don't uh, again I don't remember did they have some kind of storyline in happy days where Joni decided not to go to college or she flunked out of like she flunked her SAT or something because she's because she she had this throwaway line in this episode where she's yeah says oh I wasn't at college and it'll be like my father almost got me into college and they made it sound like there was some previous storyline where she tried to get into college but wasn't able to could have been uh well i mean they, they were playing the whole Joni and chachi singing for a bit so maybe at some point she's the character the character says i, I want to pursue this so maybe they did do things to lead up into it right but right. i i honestly don't know uh and then it closes with the, with the classic thing where we're kids, but we're, we're trying to be grown-ups. And then they kiss, even though even though uh, she's not worried about her face, that Chachi yeah. hit. And that's that's pretty much it. Uh, <sighs> this didn't last. It was a disaster of a show. But again, we ask, but I always ask you, Whose fault is this? That's a really good question. I don't know if it was Gary Marshall who decided to spin this off. I didn't, I didn't look mm -hmm. that deeply into the research. I saw that one of the writers was Lowell, Lowell Gaines. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, and he was all so they tried. Yeah. So they tried to bring on the same team. So I don't know whose idea the Joni and Chachi spinoff was. Whoever that was, that, that, that's it's their fault. I, I see, when I look at it, I don't think they were wrong to try. Uh, Okay. The, 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 again, Happiness has already produced two successful spinoffs. You've got a megastar, and he was in Scott Baio. It's yeah. worth a shot. I think where they really screwed up is the music. Yes. Because if you're going to say that we're going to have two people who are going to sing twice a show, which I believe they did, and they gave them nothing. Right, right. So, I mean, nothing you could market, nothing you could do with anything, nothing that was any good. At least with the Partridge family, yeah, it was uh, David Cassidy doing all the grunt work and the heavy lifting, but there was a machine behind him giving him polished and produced songs. Right. There's nothing here that you can, you can do anything with. Right. So you essentially, so if you, you're invested in the characters, but you're losing five minutes of plot point each episode because they have to sing stupid shit. And also musical, musical shows weren't that common. And by the eighties, like there were That's no, true. like we talked about this with the pink lady show, the variety show had run its course. So the whole musical television thing was not yeah. popular, at least not in prime time. I mean, yeah, I know no, Saturday Night Live had musical yeah. guests. And, yeah, but they musical were real stuff. musical guests, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and still to this day, it's it, it'll, not always, but it might be someone cutting edge or might be somebody that you've never seen on a, on a large right, stage right. before. So yeah, I think that was, a bit, but you're right. I, for, I forgot about the time, the time frame too. Uh, it just wasn't going to work and they didn't give them the tools to make it work. Right. So, after the show got canceled, they just rolled those characters back in to Happy Days for one final season. The season Happy Days ended with uh, Joni and Chachi getting married. And that was pretty much it. Uh, I forgot there's, a, there's kind of a tie-in uh, for, for both of, both of uh, our projects through Happy Days in a way. Really? Well, mine for, well more for mine. 
uh, I, I suppose so. Henry Winkler uh, was in a movie called The One and Only in 1976 or 77. And that's where he played a professional wrestler. Wow. Did not, I'm going to have to look that up and watch it. Wow. Not particularly. Is, is it, yeah. is it um, available to, is it like, can you? I found watch it on it Netflix. On like, okay. Not, sorry, not okay. Netflix. Sorry. I found it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not a it's not a great film, but it's it's set in the fifties where this guy's trying to be an actor and it's going nowhere, and so he enters the world of pro wrestling. And in the early one of the early scenes, uh, he uh, goes into the ring against a guy named Indian Joe who beats the crap out of him. Indian Joe was played by a young man named Chavo Guerrero. Wow! Wow! So who I, I had the pleasure of writing his autobiography. He's since passed away, Chavo Guerrero Sr. And when, I, when he told me about that, because I, I, I rewatched the movie and I, I, I saw all the clips where Chavo's in it and Chavo's beating the crap out of him. And he told me that Henry Winkler said to him to try and get in the mood. He said, uh, by the way, uh, your he insulted his mother. Okay. Just to try and get... Yeah, get him riled up. Yeah, and so in that, you know, Chavo, Chavo looks pretty mean. And so I said, like, you know, you realize you were the coolest man in the 1970s. He says, like, what do you mean? You're the only one to beat up the Fonz. <laughs> wow. You know, what did he say? He said, I never thought of it that way. And then he put, he put that <laughs> on his Twitter. He says, you know, I'm the only man to beat up Fonz. And then people say, no, Tom <laughs> Hanks said, from there was one episode that Tom Hanks was in. It was really a draw. But for that but yeah it's uh yeah so chavo guerrero beat up uh beat up the fonz i'd like to say and it's through wrestling that we became connected yeah yeah we, yeah we both have projects uh through wrestlers who are no longer with us that are both on amazon uh mine it's uh, the chavo, chavo guerrero instant classic and yours uh you can tell everyone again yeah, Lady Wrestler. So it's a documentary about the Black women who integrated pro wrestling in the 50s, and you can watch it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Women like Ethel Johnson, who the WWE inducted this year into their Hall of Fame. Use the wrong picture, but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations on the biography. That's, that's yeah. quite an accomplishment. I look forward to reading it. Yeah, much appreciated. So yeah. we, we might have something planned for, for a couple weeks from now, but with that, uh, stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you soon. See you soon.